Hello and welcome back to Diaries of a Lady Gardener, the podcast about all things planty. From flowers and fruits to succulents and sowing microgreens, we cover a whole host of topics with some of your favourite people across the gardening world. This one's for those who prefer plants to people and think of their seedlings as their children. This week, I chatted to the lovely Carly from Sweet Williams Flowers, a florist local to me who took on the business as a complete career change a number of years ago. Being local, we even got to meet in person, which is always extra exciting. I'll confess early on, I definitely use this as a prime opportunity to ask all of the floristry questions I have in anticipation of the wedding flowers I've got on the go this year. So I hope that lots of you will find this just as helpful as I did. Hi Carly, welcome to the podcast. Hello. (laughs) So you run an amazing flower shop, florist in Ilfracombe, called Sweet Williams Flowers. Can you tell us a little bit about where your interest in flowers began and kind of how you got to this point? Uh, Well, it's a bit of a funny story, really. Um, It was basically uh, a complete career change for me. I um, I was doing a degree in teaching. I finished the degree and decided that I really didn't want to be a teacher. <laughs> and I was thinking, what am I going to do now? And a friend of mine knew somebody that had the shop, which was also a florist before we, we did. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said that she was wanting to give it up and leave. And I just sort of was like, I'll do it. <laughs> Oh, amazing. <laughs> I loved flowers. I've always loved them, but I've never um, thought about being a florist before that. And, but yeah, so it was just a bit of a whirlwind thing that happened. And I, within about a month, I'd sort of taken over the shop. The lady that worked, that had the shop before me, she wanted to carry on sort of as an employee. Mm-hmm which was perfect because I learned of her for a year. Amazing. Having, didn't really know anything. Um, so I learned of her for a year. Uh, I did a few little short courses. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found it quite, I, I took to it quite naturally. Um, I, I knew that I would anyway because I just, I'm, yeah, I'm quite arty and things like that. So, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, she stayed there for a year. And I just sort of ran with it, really. Um, just, it was a lot of hard work. It was sort of long hours at first. Well, it still is, but because I was a bit slower, maybe at first, so things I had to stay there till things were done. So I'd be there. Sometimes I remember we, like me and my colleague, were there till midnight or something doing a wedding when probably we should have finished it at six because mm-hmm. we were slower. We got it done. It's all part of the learning, here, yeah. Isn't it? it takes a while to get the pace. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You've got to do quite a lot of bouquets to get your speed up. <laughs> um, yeah, she. Um, then the lady that had it before me, she she sort of finished, and uh, yeah, the business has grown quite a bit, and we've managed to take on another two another two florists that work with me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so like all female team, and we're just yeah, we're just getting busier and busier. I thought having another person 
would make things a bit easier, but it never seems to get any slower, just there's more more work coming in. So yeah. I guess it increases your capacity, so you feel like yeah. you can do more, and then yeah. it's kind of like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> we haven't got quite as much time as we've anticipated. Yeah, and then I can never say no to any, any <laughs> anything, so... Uh, yeah, yeah, last year we had such a busy year for weddings. That's our main sort of part of our business. Mm-hmm. But because of the pandemic and all the weddings that were cancelled the year before, we just had, you know, I think we did about 75 weddings um, from June. So it was quite a short, short space of time from June to October. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so that was crazy. But if we could get through that, I think we can get through anything. <laughs> Definitely. (laughs) And then this year looks like it's going to be um, pretty much the same. There's still a backlog and we're still uh, doing weddings that have been maybe postponed two or three times. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so there's still people that I've been talking to for maybe four years now um, haven't quite had their wedding day yet. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) Oh, but finally I think we're out. We don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah. I know that's exciting. Um, so in terms of the weddings, what would you say is kind of like the t- like if you're setting aside time for a specific wedding, is there kind of like a specific time period that you would say like we need three days or to prep? Yes. Uh, well, I mean, sometimes we've had weddings sort of every other day. Oh wow! So you just have to be super organised mm-hmm. with um, just having your plans. Uh, your wedding proposals in place and so knowing exactly what you're doing for it and then the ordering as well having that you know you have to just be super organized with a timeline for when you're ordering flowers for each wedding because um, they can cross over quite a bit mm-hmm. uh, and yeah I mean we get off you've got the other thing with it is it's quite tricky because it's weather dependent as well um, and there's some flowers that you can't get in as early as other varieties Mm -hmm. and then there's equally some that um, you have to get in earlier than others because they need time to open fully and look their best for the day yeah so there's lots (laughs) lots to think about (laughs) Um, I always sort of I love it but I dread um, I'm sort of glad when it's over is peony season because when you get to the end of the peony season and you, um, if the weather's really warm and they're just popping open too fast and you're thinking, <laughs> oh no, these are, you know, they're just, are they going to hold for this wedding? And like, they always look beautiful, but there's always that worry in your mind that, you know, you never know <laughs> if they're going to come in tight or whether they're going to come in quite open already. Mm-hmm. Um, Peonies, yeah, though, at there. least they're a short season. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a whole episode on peonies with um, Primrose Hall peonies and they are one of those flowers that it's a lot of patience and a lot of time for a very short yeah. flowering season yeah. and then they're gone and then that's it for another <laughs> year um, but they are so 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 beautiful oh, I think that's another reason why everybody loves them so much maybe it's because you can only get them to them mm. and what, what you can't make, have yeah. and then when they're gone then you've got all that time before you get them again you, you miss them and you look forward to seeing them definitely yeah so they are special yeah I actually just just before you arrived opened my subscription box from the Rose Press Garden and this month there is three peony roots oh. in there and I know that it's going to be a few years until they flower but in my head I'm like by the time they flower 
I might have a flower farm and they might be like the first peonies to flower on my own flower farm. <laughs> yeah, that would be lovely. Imagine the first homegrown peony that is like cut flower quality. Oh. I think it will probably be the best day of my life. Yeah, they are pretty special, aren't they? They're, I mean, I keep think. I guess they're quite difficult to grow. They're quite fussy, aren't they? For where they. Yeah, I think that they like like sun on their the top of their tuber. I can't even think if it's called a tuber or rising, but they like sun on the top of their crown, on the top of their crown, that's what it is. And so if you plant them too deeply, they just don't flower, and if you plant them too shallow, they don't flower. And then it takes like five years from them, from seed to the first year that they bloom, that you can actually cut the flowers. Right. And so a lot of, not a lot, at some specialty places like Primrose Hall, they sell them at five years old so that they'll flower through their first year because a lot of people buy them as bare roots and then they doesn't it doesn't flower the first year, it doesn't flower the second year, the third year it might flower, or it might have flowered but it would only have sort of one flower, so you're, you're a bit disappointed with it mm-hmm. and you think that it's probably not doing that its is. best, but actually that just is the life of a peony. <laughs> a lot of waiting yeah but then once they get going I think that they're like quite a a rigorous grower and they produce a lot of blooms each year so I mean a peony farmer you'd have to dedicate a lot of field to have a bouquet of peonies and that is it for the year so quite intense but worth it yes definitely worth the wait there there's some stunning what do you know what ones yes there's definitely a Sarah Bernhardt in there obviously an absolute classic and I didn't look at the names because I was rushing but there's a white one and like a deep pinky colour and then um, someone in my family who I won't mention is getting a peony in the next sort of four weeks from recording this which is an absolutely beautiful like really really pale pastel pink and it is um a five-year-old plant so hopefully she'll get it just in time or he (laughs) could be my brother (laughs) um for it to be planted and then bloom this year I really hope that would be magical if it if it works out how I envision lovely I love there's a pale one that we've used before it's uh Shirley Temple oh yes yeah that one's really pretty yeah I love the corally coloured ones as well, but someone said that they do... Yes, coral charm. They're such a popular one for weddings. Are they? Yeah. Someone said that they don't smell very nice, though, the corally ones. No, they don't have a good... (laughs) And some of them smell horrible, actually. Some peonies do not smell great at all. Um, I don't think that one smells terrible, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't smell great. Yeah, because the pinky coloured ones do smell amazing. Yeah. There are a lot of really scary scented and things like that they smell. Yeah. yeah, and there's a lovely white one, um, Duchess. Mm-hmm. That's got a really nice uh, scent. But yeah, the coral ones look good, but they don't. They yeah, don't smell great. definitely aesthetic. <laughs> um, is that something people request quite a lot for their bouquets? Is something quite heavily scented? scented? Uh, yes. Although we quite often suggest it mm-hmm. and people think, oh, they haven't really thought about it. So yeah. I think mostly people go for what they, nowadays anyway, they go for quite um, sort of visual what they look like. Mm-hmm. And then when we, we sort of mention it to them about the scent, they sort of think, oh yeah, actually that would be really nice. Yeah. 
because it's something that you will remember from your for your wedding day. You'll like if you smell that smell again, you'll just know that that was yeah. It's quite a powerful thing, really. Definitely. Um, I mentioned earlier that I'm growing all the flowers for my sister's wedding, which I'm equally stressed as I am excited <laughs> about. But um, again, from a previous podcast episode, I hadn't really thought that much about adding scent into it. But we're going to grow quite a lot of herbs to go into the bouquets Lovely. because. I think, like you say, it'll be something you really remember. And then, like, yeah. if there's something like blackcurrant sage in there, anytime you smell that plant, you'll really have that yeah. sort of memory of back. the time. Yeah, and I think it would be lovely as well because we can kind of plant up my sister's balcony or garden or whatever she has in the future yeah. with those kind of plants that we had that were for the wedding. And it's kind of like an everlasting part of that memory. I think it would be really lovely. Really nice, yeah. I had a wedding once uh, and then father I think was it, I think it was her father or her father-in-law he got in touch with us after the wedding and asked us for all of the name of all of the varieties that we'd used in the gazebo decoration oh, wow. that we did and then he bought he bought them all and planted them all for her in their new house where they were, they'd moved to in their garden so yeah oh that's, that's so, so lovely it's <laughs> really nice yeah I just think it's one of those things as well that it's nice to have like a little piece of that that you can kind of continue forever. Like with my sister, all of the dahlia tubers that I've ordered, the ridiculous amount of dahlia tubers that I've ordered, I would grow them anyway, so that's great. But they will be blooming on my allotment or whatever garden space I have for kind of like the rest of our time. So it's been quite special to kind of like choose them all together um, and have that kind of full experience that we know is going to be ongoing. I just hope we don't change our taste because we've gone for quite a lot of... Um, peachy quite like pastel peachy but like peachy colors pastel pink and white so we want it to be quite like a warm yeah warm wild kind of summer bouquet i think peaches are quite in this year definitely peaches and sort of oranges and blushy pinks and things um yeah they're definitely so i don't think she'll change her mind i hope not i think that i've loved those (laughs) colors forever yeah, they're good colours. Definitely. Yeah, really and nice. I was listening to a different podcast the other day and they were saying um, that actually if you have a bouquet that's all white when you're getting married, it can sometimes get a little bit lost in your dress because you've got an amazing dress and then you've got all these white flowers but the flowers are the same colour as your dress. So actually a bit of colour and texture really helps to kind of yeah. celebrate the flowers. Yeah, I, I would say anybody having a white bouquet, because uh, we do get quite a lot of people wanting that, mm-hmm. Uh, I always suggest sort of lots of texture with foliage as well because mm-hmm. yeah you do need to break it up and make it interesting yeah uh, but I think I, I would personally go for colour yeah me too <laughs> there's just such beautiful tones about and mixing some of them together just yeah it just makes it more magical and yeah I mean peach is definitely one for me this year we've got quite a few weddings and it was getting excited about peaches and oranges and sort of sunsetty tones it must be so exciting to be able to design like so many different bouquets through the year and everyone must be different in its own kind of way even if you had the exact same flower combinations yeah it would still look a bit different because of the way nature grows their flowers yeah yeah that's true uh we always make each one sort of bespoke uh 
we get a lot of people get, sending us pictures and their Pinterest boards and things like that. Yeah. And while that's good to get an idea of what they want, we don't ever want to copy them. So it's sort of no. like a mix of it all and, and taking on board sort of elements from different styles that they like mm -hmm. and, and putting them together with our own sort of style as well. So, um, yeah, it's an exciting process and it's never dull because it's it, everyone's different. Yeah. Which is really nice. And do you have any kind of like sort of basic design rules that you'd follow when you're putting together a bouquet on kind of like how you'd split the foliage and bit of flowers, vocal flowers or? Um, well, it's sort of individual. I mean, if you have, you don't, I think if there's too much foliage going on in there, it, it, it can distract from the beauty of the flowers. Mm -hmm. So um, I would suggest just touches of foliage. Um, but then there are people that want them sort of really, really sort of foliagey. So we try and accommodate mm -hmm. different tastes of you know what people want. Um, but I think for quite a romantic, soft feel. You want um, sort of twenty percent foliage to mm eighty -hmm. percent flowers. Not yeah. So or maybe even a bit less, ten, ten percent, depending on yeah. Depending on how you want it to feel, really, how, how you want it to move and, mm -hmm. and things like that. I'm actually glad you said that because the foliage is what's stressing me out because I don't have buckets of foliage and I've got three sort of small eucalyptus trees that I'm hoping will be big enough to add parts of that to the bouquet. But the foliage is where I feel like I just don't have enough. But actually, I can probably do 10 to 20% with what I've got planned. Yeah, I think... Some people come and they, you know, they go to you and they want sort of really sort of like woodlandy green mm -hmm. bouquets. But if you want, if you're looking for that sort of like undone sort of romantic style, I would say that yeah, less less is more. Amazing, because that's the exact style we're going for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just touches of green here and there, mm -hmm. I think, and then let the flowers do mm -hmm. and the shades do the, the, the talking. Yeah, I think too much foliage poking out here and everywhere can make it look a bit messier style mm -hmm. so some people like that but yeah yeah I was saying um I've grown some eucalyptus from seed which I'm really excited for although I don't know what I'm going to do with I think there's 26 26 <laughs> trees if all of them work out but by August by my plans they should be maybe like 30 to 40 centimetres tall so I'm hoping to put those in little pots on the tables, the tables and that will be kind of part of the decorations and then I'm thinking maybe um, we're going to have quite a lot of little bud vases we've got some coloured glass bud vases and then some I don't even know what they're called they're like bubble vases like like a ball yeah like a thin um, neck is that what it's called a thin neck yeah so it's still like a bud yeah you know, but just around yeah bit more water volume essentially right, okay. um so we're going to do quite a lot of that dispersed across the tables and it's kind of yeah de definitely that kind of wild and whimsical yeah I love that whole like some planted bits in there as well and uh, that's really nice and and yeah bud vases are perfect because they don't take up too many flowers mm -hmm. and if you have you got are they long tables or um, they're kind of like picnic benches. Yeah, some of them so are longer picnic benches, some of them are shorter picnic benches. But more of a that shape rather than a round table. I think there are maybe one or two round tables. 
but it's a bit of a kind of very much a mismatched outdoor yeah. space as it is so I think that like different tables probably have something yeah. slightly different but yeah it sounds great um, I mean yeah planted arrangements and tables look great we were just talking we've got well one of my team is getting married as well oh, not oh, next so year but there's a lot of talk for her wedding and she wants um, some planted things on the table and we, were, we got in um, some peach melba primulas that came Ooh. in and they're so pretty. So like a real mix, may probably be perfect because they were like yeah. a real mix um, between pink shades down to um, like a peachy colours. And then, yeah, she said, oh, I want these for my tables just in some little... Um, Terracotta pots. Yes, terracotta pots. Mm. Love that. Yeah. Just so. made a note of that so I can remember <laughs> that to look at for later. Yeah, I haven't seen them before. Or, um, and they were up there, I said, oh, I've got to get those. And really easy to grow as well. Yeah. Really, like, I yeah. feel like I could probably sow that from seed in yeah. the next couple of months and have them ready. Yeah. Little pansies yes. as well. Also, pansies are edible. Yeah. Primulates might even be edible. Yeah, they could be. I think they I have are. to look that up, but don't quote me on it. <laughs> um, but they would be great for the ice cubes as well. I need to remember that I need to start doing the ice cubes fairly early on because, in my eyes, the flowers should be integrated into absolutely everything. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I've never thought about that, but yeah, ice cubes definitely. Like floral ice cubes. Yeah. Um, I was talking to my sister yesterday about. I'd like to go and see the church that she's getting married in and the sort of wedding venue so I can we're basically going to take all the vases and lay them out on the tables so I can start working out how many stems I need for each table but we were talking about the church and I don't really know what the typical sort of floral decorations are for a church like at the end of pews or yeah lots of people go for pew ends mm -hmm. uh, some churches some have um, some pedestal tables that you could make an arrangement at the front. Oh, yeah. Um, some people have some flowers at the altar. I'd say, yeah, have a look at what the, pe the pew ends are like. Mm -hmm. uh, see if you can attach some jars. Maybe you could attach the bud vases and things to oh, that, yeah. and then you could use them again on the table. That would be really cute. Uh, some have like something you can tie to mm -hmm. some you might have to buy something that clips over that you can hang hang your arrangement from uh, yeah um i mean if the church it'd be lovely to do like a at the front of the church like a big arch you know over the entrance or something like that that would be yeah so that's what they want at the it's the only really specific request that she's had um, we both play roller hockey, and so she would really like. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're roller, roller skates under there. I'm just going to ask you about those. <laughs> so we only started playing it sort of last November, but we're both a bit obsessed with roller hockey. We've got a tournament in a few weeks, okay. and her husband's be is also like a quite a big roller hockey, ice hockey player, yeah. and has done it for his whole life. So she wants an arch made of hockey sticks that is also a floral arch, which wow. I think might be a bit complicated, but I might try and make a floral arch and then put a stick in somewhere as a <laughs> yeah. nod to it. Maybe a pair of my pink roller skates at the bottom of the arch yeah, that is was, yeah. a better decoration. <laughs> but is it really difficult 
to kind of decorate an arch and to keep the flowers in a good enough condition that they don't look wilty. Would you be doing it the, de the day before then, am I? Probably, yeah. Well, so it's a two-day event, so I would say as long as they look good for the first day, that's probably my main priority. So, yeah, I mean, there are a few ways you can do it. You could uh, make some um, mossages. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so have your moss pretty damp. Um, that would give the flowers a good water source, and that's what we use now. Mm -hmm. We always just use chicken wire and moss, uh, and then we tie it to the structure with twine and mm -hmm. things like that, so we don't really use any plastic cable ties or anything. But some people do still use Oasis sausages, um, yeah. but we wouldn't be using them anymore. We're trying to um, move away from they make me like shudder at the thought of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're not great, are they? Um, they did it. They were good for their purpose, mm -hmm. you know, at the time. But now we know so much more, and we're so much more conscious about things. Uh, yeah, I mean, we try and reuse our our chicken wire where we mm -hmm. can, take it away and reuse that. I don't think moss gives you such a long life because mm -hmm. it dries a bit. If I spritzed it a few times throughout yeah, the day, you though, probably have to be. keep going back and spritzing it. I think that would be okay. I think that I could find someone who would be obsessed with that. I yeah. think the babies would actually <laughs> love that as a job because they love the little water spritzer things. That would keep them entertained for probably the entire day. The bottom half definitely would be very yeah. well watered. <laughs> I'm not so sure about the top part. Yeah. And I guess it depends on the weather as well. Mm -hmm. like it was a very, very warm day. It's going to... Uh, maybe wilt a little bit quicker. Mm -hmm. I think that the area is quite shady, so I'm hoping that that would help us through the, the flowers for two days. <laughs> yeah, that definitely will help. If you haven't got the sun beating down, then yeah, that's a that's a definite bonus. Um, we, I mean, we've even made. Uh, Arches and things without the moss, just sticking, you know, in, using the um, chicken wire, mm -hmm. and it's lasted the day. So oh, wow. if you've got the moss in there, mm -hmm. um, then that should work. Some people sort of disguise some little buckets or little um, tubes and things in mm -hmm. there and stick the flowers. Oh, that's in. a good idea. Yeah, so having the water source there. And um, that way you can reuse those again as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm taking this as like uh, all of the things that are for the wedding I will use in the future when I am a proper flower farmer with my little... <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> well, I probably won't be a wedding flower florist, but I'm hoping that my kind of utensils that I collect from the wedding will be useful in my future ventures. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. I'm sure they will. All that sort of stuff. Can be used in your in your areas definitely. My flat is already filling up. I just bought this little pink vase over here. That's very nice. Six pounds from Tesco. Yeah. Wow, lovely. And I was very pleased with it because I I had my eye on another one that was reduced to fifteen pounds in another shop down from like thirty five. And I actually prefer that one, and it was even more of a bargain. It's lovely. It goes with your watering can. Yes. It's so exciting to collect all these little things. Do you in the shop have a lot of like 
Yeah, we sell other things. We don't just do wedding flowers. I know that's what we've ta- I've talked about so mm-hmm. much already. Uh, our shop um, also sells plants and sort of homeware and lifestyle bits as well. Uh, we're trying to up that more, actually. We've been concentrating on that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're having a bit of a like refit uh, very soon as well. We're just going to get Mother's Day out of the way <laughs> before the painters come in um but yeah so yeah we sell um we sell plant lots of different plants mostly indoor plants because we don't really have a great deal of room outside the shop for outdoor plants mm-hmm. although when more sort of from springtime we do sell a few bits on the doorstep cut out for outside gardens uh, we sell sort of lots of little like ceramic vases, like pots and bud vases. Uh, we sell stone pots. We sell things like the shell on earth. Oh, I love shell on earth. Yeah, so we sell that, and we've just started stocking peat steak. Mm-hmm. Um, that stuff is also amazing. Yeah, it, it's just come through today. I haven't had a chance to look at it yet, but yeah. It's, it's really good. It's really great for, um, I use it for my microgreens on the windowsill are actually sewn in. I don't think it's exactly for Pete's sake because it comes in a block from that company, but um, the same kind of coir. Yeah. I can never think of that so I don't say it. I'm pretty sure it's coir. <laughs> um, it's amazing for sowing seeds okay. and putting up houseplants and it's really moisture retentive. Yeah. So I absolutely love it. Yes, yeah, I think it would be a it will work work well in our shop because that's the sort of things people come in for definitely Um, we also sell a lot of dried flowers Um, yes so I wanted to ask you about (laughs) the dried flowers because it's something that this year again with everything else that I want to do um, dried flowers is one that I love the idea of it but I'm not entirely sure what to do with them once you have them dried and kind of how to make them into something beautiful yeah so you know, so you you know all about you can dry them. You've dried flowers. You've got them. You just want to know how to. Yeah, so I've got very minimal this year, but I would like to up it a lot. So if you have any recommendations on dried flowers that work really well, yes. the only ones that I really focused on last year were the straw flowers. Yeah, they're great, aren't they? Because they just last forever. Yeah. Um, so I had not as many of them as I would have liked, but I've just sown about five hundred of. The seedlings, so they have lovely colours as well. Yeah, sort of keep their colour as well. This year, I've got a real pearly white, Mm -hmm. a slightly like pastely pink, going into like a slightly deeper pink, and then a really deep pink. Mm -hmm. And so, I in my head, they'll be quite good for buttonholes because they're quite sturdy. Really good. But I don't know what to pair them with. So if you have any suggestions on what they go with, they're really holes. good. But their their stem, they'd be great for buttonholes mm-hmm. because I find it's the stem with them that's quite weak, isn't it? Once they're dried, they yes. don't stand up as well. Um, I always cut the stems off, and I know a lot of people suggest using floral wire yes. to stake them while they're still fresh. Yeah, and then have that as like a fake stem, stem. that you can like wind onto other things. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, because they're sort of all flower on their stem. It's just wilted (laughs) so what other flowers to dry Uh, I mean we tend to dry quite a lot if if we've got flowers that we think are not um, have been around a little bit too long to put in a gift bouquets and things like that so we'll just then dry them Mm -hmm. 
Um, our shop is a little bit, because it's got so many plants in there, it's a bit damp. We mm -hmm. also have like a well at the back. Oh, really? Um, yeah, so <laughs> it, yeah, under the ground there, there's a bit of a well. So the plants love it, um, but the drying flowers is a bit more tricky, so we have to take them home. <laughs> so <laughs> all of us are like, <laughs> our partners are like, oh, what's all these dry flowers <laughs> But yeah, so, you know, some roses, like, you know, you think, oh, can those for a bouquet we just take them home and dry them they dry really nicely don't mm. they roses especially the petals like even if the petals fall off yeah they're still so beautiful aren't they yeah um, and especially like the red lip roses and things they dry really really nicely they go even darker so it's quite yeah that's I think that's what I love about dried flowers is they they kind of like intensify like yeah. I did some sweet pea confetti last year as like a bit of a test and the kind of raspberry reds dried into like a really deep, like the most beautiful colour. That it just wouldn't grow like that as a fresh plant, but it's so rich and deep and just beautiful. Yeah, oh. yeah, I love the colours that they turn when they're dried. Things like we dry a lot of statis because mm -hmm. um, it's just quite easy. Again, yeah. limonium, um, gypsophilia. Oh, yeah. I've got some pink gypsophilia. Yeah, that would be great for dry. I it? didn't even know you could get it in pink, but I'm very excited about that. Yeah, you can get it naturally in the pink, can't you, as well? Mm. But there's so many dyed versions as yeah. well. There's quite a lot of dyed, well, there's a lot of dyed flowers um, on the market now, and not just gypsophilia. Tulips being dyed. Oh, really? Yeah, we had some of those in. There's... Uh, there's a company that we um, we think just dyed flowers really nicely. It's called VIP. Mm -hmm. um, and they, yeah, tulips, lisianthus oh. are dying. Um, Is lisianthus, quick sidetrack, are lisianthus good for bouquets or are they a bit of a faff? Because they're a faff to grow. <laughs> they're, they're pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, I tend to take the the smaller buds, the greener ones, mm -hmm. off and just use the full blooms oh, okay. for it um, into the bouquets rather than because there's quite a few on this on the stem, aren't they? So I would take them right down and just use the individual mm -hmm. fuller buds for it. Um, but yeah, we do use them quite a lot. Quite a lot of the well, the double ones and the really frilly ones that are coming out now. There, yeah. They look really good. They're so beautiful. They're such a nightmare to germinate. I'm in a Facebook group where these people like battle through and they've got like hundreds of pounds worth of equipment and you have to spray them with all sorts of different things to stop them from rotting and getting leaf petal curl or something. And it, they just seem like a bit of a faff. But I have ordered 10 plug plants of a really beautiful, it's like a latte kind of colour. Oh, yeah. And if it works out for That's the bouquets, it will be beautiful. Um, I can't actually think what the name of it is. There's a mock one, a mocker. Mm -hmm. It might might be something like that. And they're really nice when you just open them right up. Oh, okay. Open their petals up. Uh, that's when they look the most pretty. Oh, I'm so excited for them. Although I know that they're such a faff to germinate that I've heard a lot of people say that they've ordered plug plants in previous years and their order gets cancelled before it gets shipped. So I've just got my fingers <laughs> crossed that they will they will make it this year. If not, I might be coming to you and be like, where can I get some? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, well, we can definitely get them from our, you know, Dutch suppliers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I haven't really ever had any from local suppliers. I, I just guess think that's it's probably why because they're so hard to grow. You probably definitely they grow much better in the hotter climates. Mm-hmm. I think. I think in America they're everywhere, like right. they're ten a penny. But here it is. It's definitely a rarer, rarer one. But I think in the next few years there'll be British flower farmers who are starting to grow them because they've got the knack. Because I've seen in the Facebook group people who are, they're like, right, this is my third year now, and I've consistently got it right. And I think that people might start bringing it because it's so unique. It's so exciting to think that you know we could be coming into a time where we can really start just using all British flowers. I think for the amount of weddings that I'm doing at the moment, it would be really unrealistic to think that I could Mm -hmm. at all. Uh, We sort of, well, we do get asked a lot now for English flowers. Mm -hmm. and We always sort of try and include them where we can in the bouquet, but we would need to sort of also have our Dutch suppliers that we can rely on for you know filling it out a bit more Mm -hmm. Um, especially at sort of the more out of typical spring summer times of year when actually there just isn't really anything growing yeah and now people are getting married any day of the week any time of the year Mm -hmm. it's you know we're having yeah we just we couldn't really yeah rely solely on mm-hmm. on local locally grown although I do really like to and we try more and more each year to to do it mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of it though is correct me if I'm wrong but there just isn't actually especially uh, in North Devon there isn't that many people who are suppliers of British growing flowers and so if there isn't the supply for it you're having to travel further and further and further to get those flowers and it's just not very feasible is it no exactly and and you know when you're on a time limit as well and you might have to go to a few different places further afield to get what you want yeah pick it up yeah it doesn't really work but it would be lovely to think that you could yeah and I think maybe hopefully that that's what's happening now more people are getting into it and definitely and uh I think yeah North Devon just seems to not really have have that yet there are areas in the country that I think do yeah or that are a bit further ahead I think even um my geography is terrible I don't know if it's mid-Devon or south Devon over in sort of Exeter Exmouth way yeah um I went to see Amelia's flower farm and she was saying about it's in another episode she was saying about how they're trying to set up a sort of like flower farmers hub where they would all deliver to this hub and then Loris can kind of place an order and collect from the one place so that they're not having to travel around that five different farms to get everything that they need. They can kind of have a more centralised place exactly. and potentially, if that grows, they would be able to deliver different things because if you're a flower farmer, you're already super busy and you don't necessarily have the time to drive around and deliver to everyone. But at the same time, the florists don't have time to drive around to all of the different flower farms and collect everything they need to sort of meet their supply because they're also super busy so yeah. we just need the systems in place as well as the actual farmers producing enough flowers exactly. for it to all to come together yeah and I mean I don't know what happens about sort of weather 
because that's what we talked about as well, wasn't it? The weather. Yes. Um, it's so different each year. Yeah. And some years things are starting earlier and later. So I guess, yeah, I mean, is it more sort of flowers grown sort of, yeah, in polytunnels and things like that? Is that? Yeah, definitely. So if I, if I had a flower farm, the polytunnels, you can grow lots of things much earlier that you wouldn't be able yeah. to grow outside earlier like um smith and munson do their tulips yeah and they have them so much earlier in the year because they have the kind of yeah. correct monitored environments that yeah. they can do that um obviously it's slightly more expensive than just growing outside but i think that the demand is there for it and it's yeah, a really yeah. exciting time where um it, like if you have the opportunity to step into that space it's absolutely not a saturated market yeah. And as well, even if there were five flower farmers within a few miles of you, you're probably all doing something slightly different. Exactly, specialising something. Yeah, and even if you were doing the same thing, you might not be able to produce enough to meet the supply of all of the florists in the area. So it's it's kind of not even really competition because you, you're benefiting each other by the fact that you neither of you could solely supply all of the demand yeah. in the area. Absolutely. I think... If all the florists stopped using their European suppliers, mm. you would be surprised how <laughs> yes. much flowers we need to keep us going, really. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, there would be dem- like high demand for it. Uh, I think not even just for weddings as well. I think people are kind of wising up a little bit, a little bit more, a lot more. I don't know if it's just because I'm in the kind of gardening world that I hear more chat about it but I feel like the conversations even like news articles about these kind of things they're kind of getting to the point where you see them every few weeks or every few days rather than it being like one story a year about how terrible it is importing blooms from all over the world and how we should support British growing actually people are kind of like oh that's amazing that that's actually been growing up the road and they really value it more than just a cheap bunch of supermarket flowers <laughs> definitely I mean for you what you're doing for your sister it just means so much more doesn't it just being able to grow up like so organic from starting like thinking about what you're going to plant yeah to the finished product of the bouquet and you've done it all yourself but again my colleague Phoebe she's um planning to grow some poppies for her wedding mm-hmm. it's something and she's asking some family members and friends to get involved in that it's just really nice Definitely. And even if it's only a small element, like to be like, you know that that has come from like yeah. a real thoughtful... Even if it's just a few stems in your bouquet, yeah. you can say, oh yeah, I grew those, or you know, my family Honestly, I can't, I'll never get over the smugness of it. I barely had any flowers last year, and I'd cut these little tiny bouquets, and I'd be walking around with them, or I'd take them to work, and someone would be like, oh wow, that is a beautiful bouquet of flowers. And I'd be like, thank you, I grew that myself. <laughs> and they're like, no way! you're like, yes, I'm so proud. <laughs> well, there's nothing better, I don't think, than sort of, yeah, English-grown flowers. They just look, you can just tell that they're English and that yeah. they're, they're, you know, homegrown, can't you? Yeah. Compared to sort of the bulk buying of, of stems that we do. And I think as well, there's so many um, amazing flower farms across the UK that grow things that... I mean, I don't actually know what kind of things you can get from the suppliers, but things that are a bit more unusual that you don't necessarily see, like in uh, the supermarkets is my biggest reference, but yeah. the things that you don't see in the supermarket, and it is so much more special to think that it's something that we've grown in here in the UK and it's not kind of like a off-the-shelf 
variety, it's a bit more special, a little yeah. bit more interesting, slightly more special colours and textures and like those um the parrot tulips. Yeah. They're just amazing. I feel like that's quite British. They're gorgeous. I say that they probably are from um they're probably Dutch, aren't they? tulips that's where the bowls come yeah. from but um smith and munson I, I guess they are brilliant for tulips but i'm not sure how much varieties different ones that they do um i think they do do some parrots yeah they definitely do have some of them but yeah i guess there's so much choice for tulip wise obviously from holland that's the yeah. main thing so tulips uh you know when you're looking at buying it's sort of like they're 50% of what flowers are available is all different types of yeah. tulips and more like more than you can ever imagine and like I was saying about these dyed ones that they're doing now that they're so lovely they're the caramel ones and they just open really just open them really nicely and yeah they just yeah it's so interesting all the new varieties that come through every year it just makes it really exciting to see. definitely and I think as well with like people crossbreeding and yeah. um I just read Florette Flowers book on breeding dahlias mm. and I know that I'll never be a dahlia breeder but if I could just make one special dahlia like even crossing like the wedding dahlias that I grow out for the next kind of five years I would be over the moon like take your two favourite characteristics mm. from the two dahlias mix them together and then create something, something. like custom <laughs> amazing it's incredible really isn't it like yeah. nature in that way it's just so incredible Definitely. So dahlias, dahlias, there's dahlias <laughs> in bouquets. <laughs> yeah. Tell me what your thoughts are on dahlias in bouquets. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're not they're they're not the easiest flower to use. No, especially yeah. not the sort of dinner plate varieties. <laughs> yeah, the large ones. So yeah, maybe you only want one or two of those in your bouquet, mm -hmm. and maybe. Don't try and sort of like force them into the, into somewhere where you want them to, to go. You've got to sort of let them do their own thing because mm -hmm. their, their head is sort of sideways anyway, isn't it? So yeah. it's not that, yeah, they're not the easiest to use, um, but I'd say you only need a couple of them and just let them do their thing mm -hmm. and say in the bouquet, don't try to manipulate them into, because that won't really well <laughs> I think that's a solid tip yeah and maybe sort of they're, they're delicate as well dahlias aren't they so mm -hmm. try and like sort of cushion them between other things and stuff so you give them a bit of protection mm -hmm. um, but they're great in bud vases aren't they because you just put one fantastic and then you're like done <laughs> they just, just look so you don't have to do much do to make them look good they're no just, amazing in that way but yeah they are a bit trickier in bouquets I'm not gonna lie but once you've got them in there they, they just they look stunning don't mm -hmm. they they're a real statement definitely is it the cafe au lait type ones the cafe au lait is one of the one of the big ones I've probably got about five tubers this year and one plant last year produced like 30 throughout the kind of two months that they were flowering so that's definitely one of the big ones. But um, I've also got some, the Pennhill watermelon probably won't make it into bouquets because they're just too big. Mm -hmm. If they do turn out dinner plate size, that is going to be too big. Yeah. But it's just my like my goal to grow, grow one of those. Because <laughs> I always get the wrong tubers in the post and then you yeah, wait right. for the for like six months for it to grow and then it comes out and it's like a garish red and I'm like, oh, 
oh. quite what I'd envisioned. But um, so I've hedged my bets, and I think I've got three, three or four this year. When I only really want one flower. Yeah. But the more the merrier. <laughs> um, and then we've got I think it's like a labyrinth dahlia. It's kind of like a pinky, pastel pinky, peachy kind of dahlia, but very similar to the cafe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe slightly more like fluffy okay. petals than mm-hmm. the sort of flatter cafe ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that they're the only two big dahlias in the bouquets and then we've got white monster which is kind of like a probably like a golf ball head type size dahlia so I'm hoping that they'll be type yes I think it is a a pom-pom type one possibly maybe I'm thinking of the Linda Linda's baby baby, we definitely have a Linda's baby because they're really sturdy aren't they they are really sturdy Mm. yeah they're a good staple and and a really nice shade as well I think the white monster, I'm trying to think of my colour, <laughs> is like a like a really small cafe au lait type, okay. but it's just got less layers of petals. Yeah, I know, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for those. And then we've got the zinnias in there, like an easier structural, smaller yeah. flower. Yeah, yeah, you need different different size blooms, mm-hmm. uh, definitely different size blooms, maybe some taller blooms, is there anything tall? We've got like gypsophilia, that kind of tool. Yeah. Um, gypsophilia and Ami Visnaga. Ami is, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what And you said, did you have cosmos? Yes. I have got cosmos, but I find them really difficult. I say to arrange them as if I've arranged loads of flowers. Last year, I think I just kept picking them after they've been pollinated. Mm-hmm. And so the, leaf, the petals just fell off and they would never make it home. But I think that you need to cut them either just before they pop, I think at yeah. the marshmallow stage. Right, yeah. Um, how do they come in when if you were getting them? Yeah, I'm marshmallow? trying to think. Again, it, you're, it's hard to say because flowers do come in different states mm. all the time. You can never quite tell. They don't, all, they don't come in the same every time. Yeah. Because um, some flowers don't open any fur, like a dahlia, you have to wait for it to be fully open yes. before you pick it because it doesn't open it doesn't, anymore. No. Whereas Cosmos, I can't remember if they're like a marshmallow stage picker. When when we've had them, they've always been fully open, but maybe at the stage of picking. Yeah. They weren't. Because I know that it's it's once the bees have pollinated them that that's when they start to deteriorate because they've done their job. I see, yeah. So I might just need to protect protect some of them with some mesh bags (laughs) if they do get pollinated. But because they're really great for that kind of like floaty, whimsical, like... They, they create good movement in the bouquet yeah. and you can have them sticking out a little bit further than other flowers. Just yeah. I do love Cosmos. They were so they were such um, prolific producers last year and they were flowering till like late November, probably even into December because yeah. the weather was so mild. Yeah, yeah, they were. They were in my mum's garden and they were till that time. I'm hoping that we can do, so I think there's three bridesmaids and the bride. I'd like everyone's bouquets to be a little bit different, so maybe each person will have a slightly different vocal mm-hmm. flower, whether that's a daily or a different type of flower. I have definitely gone too all out with the different things I'm growing, but I'd rather have more of a selection. And be able to, yeah, and be able to pick. 
and then all the, like all the table decorations and things will be kind of like a mismatch like the vases are rather than it being kind of like a, this is the five staple flowers and we will use this in this quantity on every single one. I think that makes it look a, a more organic as well. Yeah, I hope so. Definitely, I think that, yeah. Rather than have a set unicorn sort of look, every other one is this or something. Mm-hmm. I just think a mismatch makes it, yeah, really organic. Definitely. And so tell me about, you. do you currently grow your own of anything or are you just super busy that you don't really have <laughs> I'd love time. to say that I do but no I don't uh, I think that would be a long term a long old sort of you know dream that we could grow up some of our own mm-hmm. have our own allotment and have time to to use um, flowers that we grow within bouquets as well that would be amazing I know there's a florist that we look at called Petalon down more have you seen them they have to take a look. yeah you have to have a look they they're growing their own now and especially like in season a lot of their the bouquets that they sent out are used are made with the flowers that they've grown themselves mm-hmm. now so yeah it's a really nice company for flowers and that would be you know a goal to be able to do something like that yeah it'd be lovely or to even be able to sort of help on somebody else's allotment and just get to know how to do it but I think yeah that might be something that comes when I can work a bit less Mm -hmm. at the moment we're flat out um there isn't any spare time to be growing um as I said the wedding there's so many weddings happening we're just very focused on on getting them done and yeah, there isn't much time for for growing, which is sad. I'd love to, yeah. and I really would love to learn. Um, well, if you ever want it. to come to the allotment and help out or sit and have a cup of tea, I would you are more to. than welcome. I absolutely, I love having guests at the allotment, yeah. and I feel like I'm more productive when other people are there. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to, absolutely. And I know that the other girls in the shop would really like oh, yeah. to as well. Bring the whole team down. <laughs> We'll all come and help. Yeah. Well, you can all come and cut some bouquets of flowers and help. Yeah. We can help. Yeah, we'll help, help you. Help me do yeah, some test arrangements. <laughs> yeah. Well, the same goes. If you want to come into the shop and, um, yeah, just have a little practice. Oh, thank you. I would absolutely love to. Yeah. I think it would be good to have a little practice, maybe. Definitely. Before, just to get the feel of, you know, arranging them. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm... As soon as my spring flowers are out, I mean, whether the ranunculus are going to make it or not. If the ranunculus work, I'm going to, I really want to spend, like, set aside some non-allotmenting time of, like, just playing around with flowers and kind of, because I've never really done it before. And last year, I obviously discovered growing flowers and I loved it. But I had no idea what I was doing with the bouquets and they all just looked a bit rubbish and, like, a bit, like, flimsy. But I think partly because I had no foliage... And I've actually learned loads about how floral arrangements work and the way to sort of put the stems now that makes yeah. so much more sense. These spiral. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, having some foliage is a good thing to like structure it mm-hmm. for you. So yeah, that is definitely um, important. And it is just it is practice and like just getting the feel of it right and the way you hold it. Maybe not sometimes people they're just learning to hold the bouquets too tightly and yeah. damage the stems, but 
more the more practice you go you have the looser you can hold it and mm-hmm. just the more natural it goes but it just it is just practice yeah Oh, it sounds like so much. <laughs> we'll definitely have to arrange a day where you guys can come down to the lot. Yeah. and we'll plan it for when there's some at least some flowers out because at the moment it's very brown. Yeah, um, yeah, composty. <laughs> yeah, and so are you so you're growing specifically for wedding? Then, yes, this year. Yes, but yeah, maybe it's like my so my like end goal is obviously to be a flower farmer. I don't know when that will happen or how it will happen because it's really hard to find land and. Obviously, I can't just quit my full-time job and throw myself into something right now. But I was like, this is a really good year to test things, see how it works out. If the whole thing fails, maybe I'll rethink my future career. (laughs) (laughs) But fingers crossed it won't. Um, And I just think it will be so much fun and so exciting. And then, like, I would love to be able to one day supply florists. Yeah. Yes. Supply you guys personally, <laughs> yeah, and we can have our flower farm where you pick oh, what I grow, and then we can yeah. just the dream, yes. And I know that everyone says being a flower farmer isn't quite as magical as it as you, it's like being a florist. You think of being a florist as this romantic, like absolutely lovely job, which it probably is, but it's the hard work of like the marketing behind it and the long hours of actually physically doing all yeah, of the work. So much admin as well. Yeah. So yeah, everyone thinks, oh I'd love to play with flowers is my job, but it 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 is hard work. It's hard graft. Mm. Um and I guess you're stood up all day as well. Yes. Because it's not you I can't imagine arranging flowers sat down. No. <laughs> no, there's some jobs that you can do sat down, mutton mm-hmm. holes and things like yeah. that. But making a bouquet, no. Yeah. Yeah, you need to stand up for it. Um, but like I said, there is a lot of admin that goes in with this job as well, mm-hmm. with um, wedding, preparing proposals and things like that. Especially because it's so many people throughout the year. It's not like you've got one consistent client that you're constantly in contact yeah. with. There's probably, like if you said you did 75 weddings I last know. summer alone. Yeah. That's 75 people. People that are con- in contact regularly. Yeah. You know, asking questions, changing things, especially since since some of their weddings were being postponed. Like we talked about earlier, they've actually had a, like a change of mind of what they want yeah. now. They're change their colour schemes, change their bridesmaids' dresses, change their dress. Uh, And yeah, so we've had quite a lot of sort of changes going on as Mm -hmm. well that we've had to do, so that's more more admin. But yeah, it it isn't as glamorous, or I don't even know if glamorous isn't, isn't as idyllic always as you think. It is lovely, Mm -hmm. and it's lovely because it's varied as well. You're never doing the same thing day in day out mm-hmm. it's always different um but it is a hard graft and it's hard um you know it's hard to get it right and it's like in in a sort of like business way because flowers aren't cheap and i think people think cause they see them in the supermarket yes. so sort of excuse their vision of like their their idea of what flowers should cost mm-hmm. and they're actually a lot more expensive than people think they are so it's hard getting it right quoting and things Mm -hmm. sometimes and I think that goes back to a lot of people don't really understand how things grow and how long things take to grow because if you think 
like I still think it's crazy when you go to the supermarket at Christmas and carrots and parsnips are like 19p a kilo and having grown carrots and parsnips probably cost me about 19 pounds a kilo <laughs> it's probably the most expensive way to eat carrots but yeah. like obviously on a commercial level it's still cheaper but it the amount of time and effort that goes yeah. into growing a single bloom and then it's obviously passed on to you and then you, the, all the time that you spend sort of preparing yeah. it yes yeah, the really whole conditioning the flowers it, you know it's planning what they, they're going to have and mm-hmm. then you've got the whole ordering and then when they flowers come in you have to condition them all so mm-hmm. that takes a long time as well you know if you've got roses and they're covered in thorns that you're you know trying to take off thorns on like, every stem. Of oh, God, I've not even thought yeah, about that. It, it, there's lots to do. Uh, so it, it, it takes time. It takes a lot, you know, it, it does take up a lot of time. It's not just a really quick, easy process. Mm-hmm. But the end product is far, 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 far su- superior yeah. to what you would see in a supermarket. So, Definitely. yes, you can pick up tulips for a pound. They will not be of the same no. quality. <laughs> they won't last as long. No. And um, yeah, we always in our shop try to choose um, sort of a bit more unusual varieties. We yeah, we, we try to be a bit more di- a bit different in our shop um, with our colour palettes as well, and just yeah, some putting some unusual bits in there that people might not have thought about seeing before. So mm-hmm. that's try and make our bouquet stand out that way mm-hmm. um, because we couldn't be a supermarket in price so yeah we've got to produce something way better than you'd get there <laughs> which you absolutely do <laughs> yeah I think we do um, and the same with plants as well they're you know you don't realize how long they take to grow do you no. so people you know I think that's such a factor in their price Definitely. A lot of people recently have asked me about um, the cost of trees and why trees are so expensive. And I'm like, well, because a tree probably takes 10 years to get to a point where you consider it to be a tree. Yeah. And so someone has had to lovingly care for that tree for 10, 10 years <laughs> and you're paying 25 quid for it. Like, where, where, <laughs> where is their profit in that? I honestly don't even understand how people sell them no, at that kind of price. Um, and this, like house plants, especially like when you have them in your house, you realise how long it takes them to grow. Yeah, especially like a cactus or something, it's really slow growing. Yeah, I've actually got. This isn't great for podcast listeners, but there's a tiny little cactus next to that big cactus there in a little tiny oh, plastic terrarium. Oh yeah. Um, just about to see it. Yeah, and it, that was probably going to take ten years to get to the size that, of the one next to it, which is like what twenty centimeters in height. Yeah. Which is crazy that you would net like you pick up that cactus in I that cactus was from IKEA, it was four pounds. And you never think about how long that is actually taken to get to that point. No, and the fact that they can sell it for four pounds. Which is insane. I think it's probably a big problem with the world because we don't appreciate I think that's what it is, yeah. Yeah. But I think we are coming back to it. I think people are kind of understanding a little bit more about where everything comes from, whether it's food, plants, flowers, like how everything comes to be on our table. And appreciating it a bit more. Definitely. I massively more appreciate, that's not very good English, I (laughs) very much appreciate veg and fruit and plants a hundred times more than I ever did before I knew 
the full process of growing it. Yeah, in that way, it's an eye opener, isn't it? Yeah, growing it yourself. Definitely. Really, you really and you've like into it. you've taken a bit of nature for yourself. I think you just have to like pay it the like due respect, rather than selling it for fifty p and being like, oh yeah, it's just a bit of nature. You can have that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's Ultimately, nice. it's invaluable, isn't it, to it us? Is. Like, we wouldn't, I wouldn't be here without it. And our planet wouldn't be the same without all of these amazing plants and flowers. So true. So true. We are really, yeah. I think we're quite lucky, really. Well, you know, when you can grow it and you can appreciate it, you're quite lucky that you can see the world in Definitely. that way. We're the lucky ones who have discovered it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to discover it a bit more. Hopefully I'll get some time in your... Yes, <laughs> definitely. Well, I think that there's a very exciting future ahead. And how many years are you into the business now? So, only six. Mm -hmm. So we're still, you know, we're still fairly young. Although, you know... But it's... It, it feels like we've been doing it for a long time, but it seemed to have gone quick as well in the same way. Yeah. Um, I well, I think because the last two years weren't real time, were they? <laughs> Yeah, we lost those two, two yeah. years. They fell down the back of the sofa. Yeah. And then last year was such a blur because it was just so busy. Uh, but yeah, so we're six now and hopefully, yeah, that's that's the progression we want to make. So yeah, maybe in 10 years mm -hmm. we'll be um, having a bit of an allotment and growing our own. Yes. Yeah, that'd be lovely. I think that that's such an amazing goal to have as well. And you're well on the way, so... Yeah. We'll have to see what happens over the next four years. Yeah, I mean, when we had more time in the winter, uh, we did a when we did our wreath workshop, 90% of what we used in the workshop was locally grown. Oh, wow. Foliage. So when we have the time, because it's quieter in the winter, there's not as many weddings, when we have the time, it was really nice to be able to do that and, mm -hmm. and offer something that was so lo locally grown i think the only the only thing that we imported uh, might have been some eucalyptus for some reason i'm not sure or some berries mm -hmm. some ilex berries or something like that um, but everything else that we used or that they used to make their wreaths were were grown uh, you know around ilfracombe and martin yeah it was really nice that's amazing I think people love to know where these things come from as well, don't they? Like, hopefully each year we can just take one step closer to being more locally. That's that's what I think. It's just, yeah, small steps mm -hmm. and we'll get there. Definitely. The I think that about everything, like, people talk about, um, like, when you're a bit of an eco-warrior and you feel like you have to do everything at once, when actually it's not feasible to do everything at once. And it's like when you go on a diet, you go, I'm not going to eat bread or chocolate or sugar or this or that. And you fail instantly because you just cannot make that much of a dramatic change and for it to last. Definitely. It's like the slow and steady wins the race. That's exactly it, I think. Yeah, we've we've been the same in our shop. You just have to have a little goal each, each sort of year mm -hmm. that you're going to try and get that little bit more sustainable and a little bit more eco-friendly um, yeah and the more you do it the more your customers are educated on it as well because they see the process and understand why you're going with it as well yeah 
and to sort of explain it to customers as well um, to be sort of quite transparent about things because there are we do a lot of funeral flowers as well this is one one area that we've worked we've um, been thinking about it more carefully uh, a lot of funeral flowers are made in oasis Mm -hmm. um, because you get those sort of shaped of oasis or letters and things names and yeah. things like that um, but we've been sort of trying to sort of persuade, not persuade but try and encourage uh, customers to maybe have something a bit more environmentally friendly and there are sort of designs that they can have that don't have to include mm -hmm. oasis and there are some oasises that are coming through that we we have bought a few that are completely compostable. Oh, wow. So the plastic base that there is, the Oasis is in uh, is completely compostable and the foam is actually made of a, a wool, like mm -hmm. an agro wool it's, it's called. Uh, yes, the whole thing is compostable, but the thing is that it's not cheap. Mm. And so there's a cost element in there to have something like that. Yeah. Um, but it's good that there is the options there. Yeah, so it's, it's just, giving the customer the option where you can yeah. have you can have this and it, you could, it will be compostable, um, but it's going to cost a little bit more mm -hmm. than this. It's all about the the having the opportunity mm -hmm. to make that choice either way. Yeah, and also I think while there's th these things are still allowed to be manufactured and made and and different florists are still using them mm. if you sort of stop completely customers may just go to somebody else that is offering it yeah so it would be good if they you know if they stopped it yeah completely. and then everyone would be fingers crossed one day yeah, soon yeah hopefully i mean with all that's happened in the last couple of years with kind of things being banned and the peat free compost the peat compost is fine i mean i know that's not till 2025 but you can already see all the garden centres selling off all of their peat compost super cheaply as they yeah. make way for, I guess because they need to introduce it to customers sooner so that they don't just have a massive drop in sales when they no longer sell it. Exactly. It's going the right way. Definitely. Yeah. We'll get there. It's just, you want it to happen now, don't you? Because you can yeah. see the importance of it, but realistically it's, it's going to take a while. Mm -hmm. I can see a bright future ahead though. I can see it. <laughs> we will get there. Well, thank you so much for your time this evening. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, I've loved it. Thank you for having me. <laughs>Chatting with Carly was just fab. I learned so much and I cannot wait to welcome the Sweet Williams team to the allotment later this year. Who knows? Maybe next year we'll be growing our own flowers together. Be sure to check out their Instagram at Sweet Williams Flowers and online shop. Or if you're ever in North Devon, why not pop in and say hi? If you've loved listening, please do leave a review and let me know on Instagram at Diary of a Lady Gardener. I love to hear from you with all your questions, suggestions and your own gardening stories. That's all from me this week. Happy growing! <laughs>